your Bible and turn to Acts chapter 27. So this message is uh, definitely geared towards our graduates. Uh, and you, you might say, I don't understand this, Pastor. This is a this is a message about a shipwreck. Uh, well, I want to talk about the anchor of our soul, the anchors of our soul. And uh, I know you've studied hard uh, as graduates, and that's great. And you know what? Studying hard and sacrifice builds character. And we need a whole lot more people with character in our world. And uh, it's good for you. I know it's not. It's not exciting, it's not fun, but it builds character. And, uh, it, and I'm, we're, we're glad that you finished what you started, and that's important as well. There's a great principle there. And uh, this might represent the end of formal schooling for you. Okay, Maybe, maybe you're not going to go back to a classroom. Maybe there is more for you. High school students, I don't know all your plans. Maybe you're going to go to post-secondary, I don't know. Uh, but at any rate, there, you will never stop learning in this life. All right. There's a lifetime of learning yet ahead. And uh, you might be saying, Pastor, that doesn't sound encouraging to me at all. <laughs> I thought I was done learning. No, it's so it's exciting to learn. Never lose that enthusiasm to learn and know more things. Know the truth. And I want to encourage you as you enter that next stage of life. I want to actually encourage everyone who's gathered uh, to be always looking to go forward for Jesus Christ. No more of his word. No more of truth and move forward. So let's look at Acts Chapter 27, and start in verse number 15. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. And running under a certain island, which is called Claudia, we had much work to come by the boat, which when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship, fearing lest they should fall into the quicksands, stray sail, and so were driven." And we being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, the next day they lightened the ship. Now verse down 21. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, we should have heard unto me, and not loose from Crete, to gain this harm and loss. And I'll exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose name, who is I am and who I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God have given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God, that it shall be even as it was told me. Howbeit, we must be cast upon a certain island. But when the fourteenth night was come, as we were driven up and down in Adria, about midnight, the shipmen deemed that they drew near to some country and sounded and found it twenty fathoms. And when they had gone a little further, they found it again and found it fifteen fathoms. And then fearing, lest we should be fall upon the rocks, they cast four anchors out of the stern and wished for the day. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for an opportunity to celebrate these young people's accomplishments, finishing high school, post-secondary. It's a wonderful achievement, and we are excited for them. But Lord, help them and help us, everyone gathered, to make sure that we are anchored in You. And not in anything else. Not in anybody else. But You. Oh, I pray You watch over us now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now these sailors uh, were in a storm that was very overwhelming. I don't know if you've ever been on a boat in a bad storm. I unfortunately have had that horrible experience. 
And uh, I, when I read this, I actually start getting queasy uh, because I have experienced some of these things. Now, I was never shipwrecked, thank the Lord, uh, but I've been on some really nasty boat rides. Uh, and these men, in every effort they tried to save their lives and the ship, now the ship was lost, but uh, they were saved. According to the scripture, we know they all lived. Uh, however, on board that ship was a man named Paul. I just read about him. And he was special for several reasons. He was child of God. He was a man on a mission. He was a man of faith. And he was a man in fellowship with God. I mean, he was, he was tuned in. All right. He was dialed in the right way. And because of who he was, Paul was anchored in the midst of that storm, even though the ship could not be. These sailors threw out anchors in the attempt to steady the ship. And those anchors failed, uh, and, you know, they end up shipwrecking, but, you know, we all know they all lived. But as I looked through the scripture and looked at some outlines and things, you know, there's, there's a, some anchors here that Paul refers to. Even though the ship was battered and sank, he was able to stand steady and strong. And graduates, let me encourage you to utilize these anchors. Okay, everyone here, utilize these anchors. These are for everyone. So the first one is the anchor of the presence of God. The anchor of the presence of God. In verse 23, For there stood by me this night the angel of God, who said, Whose I am and whom I serve. In the midst of a raging storm, Paul found that he was not alone. The Lord came and ministered to his heart. Okay, so just think, the boat is going all over the place. Up and down, side to side, all at the same time. I hope you didn't eat too much before you came to church tonight. Make you a little seasick here. I mean, it's not nice. Water's coming over. You know, water's staying in the boat. It's creaking. The undergirding, you know, often what they do is they have ropes to tie to help keep the hull together. If you see someone hauling up ropes to keep the hull together, I would be afraid. Alright? This is not the place I want to be. All right, and then in the midst of this storm, Paul says, I have an anchor because I'm in Christ. I have the presence of God. Now, you're going to have different storms that come in your life, graduates and, uh, and individuals here gathered. And we can have the same confidence that Paul had in his relationship with the Lord. When those storms come, we, can, we know, according to the Bible, I will never leave thee nor forsake you. I won't leave you. Uh, and let me encourage you, uh, you know, in that moment of life when it feels like it's bad and it's not going your way, uh, and I'm not talking about your way in a selfish manner, but you just, you're just you not getting the traction you thought you might get or whatever the case, hey, the Lord's with you. Hey, high school students, aren't, aren't you so glad that everyone asks you what you're going to do with your life? Who, who here is a high school student love to hear that, right? So what's next? What's your plan? What's your plan? What's your plan? I can remember that when I was graduating from high school. I'm like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. You know, no one really liked that answer. They wanted me to have this big 14-page essay that I had it all figured out. No, I didn't have a clue, quite literally. I mean, I didn't know what I was going to do. So the reality is, that's that can be a storm for you because you don't know what is next. Hey, the Lord's with you. He's there with you every step of the way. He's with you. Uh, every valley... And that's, you know, we really want the Lord in the valley, right? I mean, we, it's a hard time. We don't understand. Uh, on the mountaintop, uh, we, we're excited to be there. And His goodness and mercy, aren't you so good, glad goodness and mercy 
goes with us wherever we go. That's according to Psalm 23.6. It's with us everywhere we go. That's an encouragement. We need to look to the Lord. You know, he's providing, He's leading, He's protecting. And you know what? We're all guilty from the high school student to the most mature individual here. We're all guilty of forgetting the truth that the Lord's with us. There's a story told of a fellow named Tom. He, or sorry, Tony. He was he's a he's a writer today. Uh, he was talking about how as a boy he grew up in a congested city. I'm not sure if it was New York City, but I got to get the idea from reading the story that it was from the East Coast. And his mom had arranged with a teenage girl in the area to walk into school and walk him back, and she paid that teenage girl a nickel to walk him back and forth to school. Well, Tony was a bit of a entrepreneur, and he's like. Why are you giving her a nickel? Why don't you give me the nickel? I'll get myself to school. I'll take care of myself. And his mom's like, no, you know, I don't think you can do that by yourself. He's like, no, mom, I will be extra careful. <clears throat> and you know what, mom? You just pay me a nickel. One day, you know, and I'll cover the whole week. Rather, you're paying her 25 cents the whole week. So he's thinking, save mom some money and I can earn some money. All right, so uh, after some great pleading with his mom, his mom said, okay. So finally he went off, and it was eight blocks to walk to school. And he was careful, you know, looked each way before he crossed the street, stayed away from strangers. You know, he did everything he knew he was supposed to do. And then about 20 years later, they were at a family gathering, and Tony started bragging about his independence as a young fella, as a young boy. And his mom started laughing in the corner. He goes, Mom, what are you laughing at? And she said, uh, do you really think you were alone back in the third grade walking to school? He goes, yeah, yeah, I walked. I, I know. I mean, you paid me a nickel for the week. I walked there, you know, carefully and walked back. She said, no, my son. I followed you to school. I stayed behind where you couldn't see me. You know, so she said, I walk with you. Maybe a, a few steps, maybe a lot of steps behind you. And at 3 o'clock, I was outside the school watching you go home. Well, obviously, his pride of independence shriveled up really quick as a young fellow. But the reality is, that is how the Lord deals with us. He's always there, folks. He's there. A high school graduate, you you're, you're don't know the next step. He's there. Those of you who finished post-secondary, you graduated... Maybe there's more schooling for you or maybe a new job. He's there. Now, family members, families, the Lord's with us. That's a great anchor. You know, it's an anchor that will not go away. It's there. Anchor of the promises of God, number two. So as Paul weathered that long and terrible storm, he came, the Lord came to him with a precious promise in verse 24. He said, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God have given thee all them that sail with thee. Be of good cheer, 25. For I believe God, that it shall be even as it was told me. So, he's reminded that he will have to stand before Caesar. And those in the ship will be spared. And he can have a blessed assurance of the promise of God. We know God God is good to His Word. Romans 4.21 says, And being fully persuaded that what He hath promised, He is able to perform. His promises are steadfast. Hebrews 16.8 In which it was impossible for God to lie. 
Here's some verses that give us that security that God's Word is true and it helps us. I mean, we could look at a lot of Scripture, but I'm going to look at a few of them. I'll read these for you. Uh, you know, a brighter day, Psalm 35, uh, 30, verse 5. For his anger endureth for a, but a moment, and his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Deliverance, Psalms 34, 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but... The Lord deliver him out of them all. Everything is for our good. Second Corinthians 4.17 For our light affection, which is but for a moment, worketh for us as a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Divine grace. Second Corinthians 12.9 My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. And in ultimate glory, uh, and, and, and you know, a peace of heart and life, uh, Revelation 21.4, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. That's just, what, five things I mentioned? There are so many more promises in God's Word. There's literally thousands. We can trust God's Word. His Word is pure, inspired, uh, Psalms 119, verse 89. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Forever. Uh, how many of us have uh, read uh, Pilgrim's Progress? Let's see a show of hands. Who's, most of us. If you haven't, you need to. It's a great book. All right, wonderful book. And, and in that book, there's a scene uh, where Christian gets into a meadow thinking he can make a shortcut. And eventually he gets into some soggy area covered with poisonous vines. This is how the story goes. And the sky becomes black. Christian spends the night humbled under the tree, caught in a downpour. And then the next morning, the giant despair comes upon him. He beats him up, captures him, and brings him back to the dungeon of the Doubting Castle. Very grim place. Doesn't sound like a place you want to go on vacation, right? Let's go to the grim castle. No, it's a horrible place. All right. Thick, black, dark walls. Christian tries to sing, but he couldn't. His mood was like his surroundings, dungeon-like. And the, the giant, he's beaten him mercilessly. He, he grows weaker each day. And then after a while, he finds in his cell a rope, a knife, and a bottle of poison. All tools of suicide found in that situation. And for a moment, he's tempted to end his misery. But one evening, about midnight, he began to pray. And a little before daybreak, good Christian is half amazed. He breaks into a passionate speech. He goes, what a fool am I to lie in a stinking dungeon when I may as well walk at liberty. I have a key in my bosom called promise that will unlock the door of Doubting Castle. Isn't that true? A promise will unlock the door of Doubting Castle. And he walked out. He escaped. Nevermore to fall into the clutches of the giant despair or Doubting Castle. The claim, the promises of God are an anchor for our soul, folks. So, high school graduate, you're going forward, you got some big decisions to make, you're not sure, go to God's Word. And see what His promises say. See what His Word says. Post-secondary uh, graduates, same thing. All of us, the same thing. It can be an anchor for our souls. Unlock the prison uh, of despair. You know, go forward for Christ. 
Verse 24 as well talks about the anchor of the providence of God. The providence of God. Paul's told by the Lord that this storm is part of God working out His plan in Paul's life. So the reality is, and this is hard for us to contemplate and understand, is that the safest place for Paul for right now in this portion of Scripture is in the middle of the storm. I don't want to be in the storm. There's times when God does allow us to go in storms, and when that is allowed, it's exactly where God wants us to be. Because it's the will of God, He's working it through. In this situation, in Paul's life, His will was being worked out in a mighty way. It's the same thing with us. God is sovereign. There's nothing that happens and the Lord goes, oops. That never happens. The Lord is in absolute control. I mean absolute control. And that's something that we should give God the glory for, that He is in absolute control. There's so many things in our world that are absolutely out of control. And we can get rest and we can have an anchor for our soul to know that God is in control. And, and listen to the testimony of James concerning the Sovereign Lord. Every good gift, James 1.17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. I'm so glad to know that God is on the throne and He's in charge. I'll be honest with you, if I didn't know that, some of these storms... Some of your storms would overwhelm you. Because who do you look to? Who do you go to? You know, I, I can get through them because God's at work. I mentioned this morning about how I was very discouraged there in June of 2014. Things that happened at the church I was taking care of. and It was, it was downcast and I was weary. But you know, God had a plan, amen? No, someone, I think it was Brother Arvick, we were talking after the service. Can you imagine that 13 years earlier, someone had written in that book, Never Doubt in the Dark, what God has shown you in the light. Talk, my God, your God knows what we need 13 years ahead of time. Actually, He knows from the beginning of the world. He knew eternity past. What an amazing God we serve. You know, so the reality is, we can trust Him. He has a plan. Though we do not understand it all the time. And sometimes it, we just feel like we, we can't handle it. The storm rages about us. He's a refuge. We can cling to Him. Isaiah 25.4 For all thou hast been a strength to the poor, a strength to the needy in his distress, a refuge from the storm, a shadow from the heat, when the blast of the terrible one is as a storm against the wall. So, many years ago, a fellow by the name of John Benz was on the run from an emperor in Europe. He was a friend of Martin Luther. And uh, hearing the plot, he found out that this emperor was after him. He grabbed a loaf of bread and ducked into a neighbor's hayloft just as the soldiers came to his house. He hid in that hayloft for 14 days. Two weeks! Well, obviously... The bread did not last for two weeks. Not one loaf of bread. You know what the Lord did? He sent him a hen. Sat next to him for two weeks laying eggs. Every day. Now, I don't know if he had omelets or anything, but, you know, there was an egg. And he could eat. Maybe more than one. On the 15th day, the, the chicken didn't come back. And he's like, Lord, I'm hungry. 
And as he was just about ready, wondering what would happen to him, he heard in the street below, the soldiers are gone. Yeah, and he got his grub and he continued to live and do what was right. Another fellow at the same time, maybe a little bit later, uh, his name was John Craig. He actually was uh, arrested during the Inquisition. And on the eve of his scheduled execution for believing in Jesus Christ, he was able to flee the scene. He was able to get away and ran into the Italian back country. And he ran out of food and money. <clears throat> That's never a good place to be when you have no food and you have no money to get food. And uh, out of the corner of his eye, John Craig saw a dog approach. And in the mouth of the dog was a purse. And Craig tried to draw the animal away, but the dog persisted in pursuing Craig with the purse and finally dropped the purse at Craig's feet and ran away. You know what? There was enough money in that purse for him to get away and flee and live. You think that was God? That's not odd. That's God. That's God. Robert Bruce of Scotland was on the run for his life. He was fleeing persecutors. He ducked into a small cave and a Immediately ducking in, a spider began to spin the web over the opening that he just darted into. And the pursuers of Bruce were fanning out. They knew he was in this general location. They're looking all around. And he could hear them. You know, I can remember growing up uh, playing uh, Capture Flag. Who's played Capture Flag? Let's see a sore hands, all right? All right, most of us. Great game. Love that game. And you know, you're, maybe you're hiding and you could hear them getting close. You know what happens? Your heart rate doesn't go down, right? It goes up. And you start to sweat more. You know, it's not a... I mean, though nothing bad's going to happen to you besides getting captured and go to jail. You know, nothing bad's going to happen. Here's Bruce. If they find him, they're going to kill him. He's hiding there. He knows they're coming near. And two of them come close to the cave. And one of the men starts to come in and the other stops and says, he, had not, he didn't go through there because if he did, he would have broke the spider's web. And went on. And Bruce prayed this prayer, Oh God, I thank Thee that in, thy tiny, in the tiny bowels of a spider You can place for me a shelter. Isn't that amazing? That's our God. And even after Paul received the great promise of the Lord for himself and all the men on board, everyone on board, men still try to take care of the matters on their own. Uh, verse 28-39, I didn't read all those verses, but they're trying to do everything. They're lightening the ship. Uh, the idea of... Stave the sail there in verse 17. That means they took the sails down, undergirding you know, or tying it together. They're trying to do everything to keep this boat afloat. Even in the face of God's promise in verse 21-26, the men in the ship fought, they feared, they fretted in the midst of the storm. And there was one guy in the boat who wasn't too worried. I don't think he would put like a real high rating on this shipping company's service. Like, you know, we do today when we uh, go somewhere where you're like, oh, four stars, three stars. These would have got a negative five stars, okay? This is horrible service. But the reality is, he knew that God was at work. And graduates, let me encourage you. We live in a day when so many people, Christians, are abandoning the ship. They're leaving. I, and I don't understand why. Uh, I mean... They tell me why, but I still don't understand it uh, on occasion. Uh, uh, why they would do I mean, I really never do understand. But they're, they, they abandon the ship at an alarming rate. 
the storms of life attack. And uh, instead of running to the church, the old ship of Zion, as they used to say, they abandoned ship. So it was November, probably 2005, I went to a friend's ordination council in Cape Breton. And uh, I lived, we lived in the west coast of Newfoundland at the time in Deer Lake, so we had to take a six-hour ferry run. November is not a really good time to be in the Gulf of St. Lawrence. Write that one down, okay? You ever think about going? Wait. Wait till the spring, okay? Uh, <laughs> but this is when he decided to do it. I had no control over it. He invited me to come. I was thrilled to go. So when we went over, you know, it wasn't real awesome, okay? It took a little bit longer. It's usually about six hours. It took us about eight hours to get over, but it was all in the daylight, you know, see the water going up and down and all this kind of stuff. And my poor wife was turning a little green. I mean, I was like, oh, I'm a good Newfoundlander. This is nothing. No problem. So we got off and did our thing and uh, the ordination. We spent a couple days uh, with some family there. And then the day we're supposed to come back, there was a huge storm. It blew 100 kilometers an hour for like 12 hours. Now, um, so you know, when it blows that hard and long, the waves don't stop when the wind stops. You know? All right. And you don't, they don't go when it's that, that windy. They don't, they don't sail. I think that's a very wise idea. But they go when it's 80 kilometers an hour. So you gotta get in line and when the ferry gets, you know, stop, doesn't go, it starts getting backed up, backed up. Uh, so we went. So it should have been a six hour ferry ride. It was 12 plus hours. It was horrible. I mean, you know, I'm like, yeah, honey, we'll be okay. We got a cabin. Oh, we'll be fine. I'm telling you, about four hours into that, I wanted the Lord to return. Right then and there. Like, it was bad. I mean, all over the place. People falling all over the place. I mean, people holding on to their chairs, broke, crying. It was bad. I mean, up and down, side to side. And everyone in the cabin, my cabin, was getting sick. And uh, I remember getting out in the hallway there, holding on to the, the handlebars and just like, Lord, help me. I don't want to be here anymore. You know what never crossed my mind? Let's jump off. That never came to mind. Though I would have had a lifeboat and I would have had a life preserver. I mean, if I would have jumped off, I'm dead. You know, though I was not enjoying this at all, that was the safest place for me on the ship. When you're going through those hard times, don't jump off the ship. Graduates, everybody here, don't jump off the ship. Though it's not enjoyable. Hey, you know, as I was holding on to that bar, there was like, there was a sailor. I think he was Superman myself. He's walking up and down the aisle there and he's, he's not phased one bit. How you doing? You doing okay? Don't do this. I mean, he's like, this is a day in the office for this guy. I'm like, what are you? You're amazing. How's this possible? I mean, everybody else is passed out in the hallways and flopping all over each other. 
And this guy's walking up and down like this, this is just another day. I'm getting paid the same wage and this is great. You know, hey, you know what? When, when you're having those issues in life, when you're having those problems in life, in church there's people to help you, amen? I mean, at the end of the day, it's the Lord that helps us. It's His presence, amen? He's the one that takes care of us. He's the one watching over us. But in the church, there's, there's help, there's encouragement, there can be protection. You're jumping out. Oh, my friend, that's the worst decision you can make. Be in. You know, just, I mean, I, I was thinking about that as, just even this afternoon, I was just putting the last touches on the message. Could you imagine if I would have jumped off the boat that night? Well, that, that would have been so foolish. In, that, that, the suicide. I mean, to jump off. I'd face the fury of the storm all by myself. I'd be overwhelmed in seconds. Hey, just get planted. Be steady with Jesus. Get in His Word and watch Him take care. Verse number 44 of this chapter says, And the rest, some on board, some on broken pieces of the ship. So it came to pass, they escaped all safe to land. What the Lord told Paul in previous verses and what Paul believed would happen came to pass. We can have an anchor in the performance of God. The performance of God. He said, God kept His word. He said it had spare every life and He proved Himself to be good to His word. God is able to work it out. Amen? He's able to work it out. No storm bigger than Him. And, and I'm not, and I'm not at all uh, mitigating the storm that's in your life because it is massive to you. I appreciate that. That is huge. Whatever it is, I don't understand it all. No, I don't. But God does. And you can go to Him. And He is there. And we know from past experience that God's able. And you can look at that storm and say, I, I, I can't prevail against this. The waves are against me. You know, I, I can't do it. Looks like you're going to sink. Hey, God's there. And his performance in the past and from God's word, we see that he's able to deliver. He's there with us. And when the waves have settled down and when the winds have ceased blowing and when the rains have abated and the storm clouds have moved away, we'll see that God was in total control the whole time. He's there. He, he will secure us as we go through life. He's there watching over us. And He's successful to deliver you to the safe harbor of glory. He, he will not be overwhelmed. Uh, this past uh, couple, well, it was just about a month ago, I guess, me and my wife uh, were in Holland. And we went to the Cory Ten Boom's house in uh, Holland in uh, Harlem. You know, and uh, that was an amazing place. And her family had such a love for Jewish people. I mean, it, it is amazing. And the things that her family went through got betrayed by a Dutch individual to the Nazis. They were trying to take care of Jewish people, and this guy betrayed them. It was all for money. But he betrayed them. No one likes to be betrayed. I don't care who you are. You don't like to be betrayed. No one likes that. And then they're taken. Their dad dies not long after being taken in custody. Not long at all. And then her and her sister are off the concentration camp. Her sister dies before they're liberated by the Allies. And this is what she said. So she went through a lot of stuff. Let's just be really honest. Lost everything. Like her house was gone. She's in a concentration camp. Now I know after the war, the Lord used in her a great way, but she lost everything. That must have been extremely painful. 
She says this way, when Jesus takes your hand, He keeps you tight. When Jesus keeps you tight, He leads you through your whole life. When Jesus leads you through your life, He brings you safely home. What an amazing testimony. If you ever get the chance to go there, you need to go see it. Amazing place. Just remember this evening that God is strong and that He's powerful. Job 42.2, and this is a man who lost everything. I know that thou canst do everything and that no thought can be withholden from you, from thee. He can do anything that needs to be done. Uh, now unto them that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. So, you know, as you go forward, graduate, as you look forward to the bright future, and it is, the Lord's got some great things for you. I have no doubt about that. As you look to it, don't forget about putting those anchors deep. And don't, don't let them drag on the bottom. You, know, you set them in deep. Uh, to help you weather life's storms. Hey, there's, hey, there's enough of us who, who've passed that graduation point. We've, we've earned our degree or whatever the case and we've moved through life and we'll say, Pastor, you're absolutely right. Storms of life are difficult. But we'll give the same testimony, but God's greater. God's greater. We're excited that you finished that diploma, you know, high school. You earned that degree. We're excited for you. And we look forward to the Lord using you in greater ways than He used us. And I mean that with all my heart. If there was one of these graduates the Lord would use to be a pastor or missionary and they reached more people and built bigger churches, I would be thrilled. This is not about me. It's about you running your race, right? Like we saw this morning. About you running your race. race it for, uh, run it for the glory of God. But just make sure those anchors are in the Lord. If you put them in men, or put them in things, put them in a philosophy that's not found in God's Word or any other place... They will come loose. Put them in Jesus. Let's pray.